Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody, welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. I'm Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about the duckies. We're off to a hot start here, friends. Um, well, okay. Uh, today. We're going to talk about uh, the Duckies, which is our year-end awards for the year 2019, as we are coming up to the Oscars next week. It's time for us to give out our annual awards. Um, this year, uh, Kylie made an edict. You want to tell everyone what that is? I don't know what that word means, so you got to do it. You made a, uh, a new rule. You can explain it. But but it's your rule. But I'm tired of Josh naming 20 freaking things and then talking for seven hours about them. So I said you can get five. Do we get five in Best Picture as well? Yep. <laughs> Alright. Not even the Oscars goes to five, but alright. We're not the Oscars! Fair enough. Might have... A little more integrity over here. We, I don't know. No, we don't. We might. Joker's gonna win. My best everything. Really, I'm excited to hear you then talk for a long time about why that's true. You don't have to talk. I can just say that, it is. That is the point of a podcast, yeah, is to talk. I have spoken. You have, and then you just gotta back it up. What are we starting with? Best picture. (laughs) Okay, we'll start there. I don't know, Josh, what do you want to start with? (laughs) You seemed upset when I made my suggestions, and now it's your turn. If you want to start with best picture, (laughs) let's go. Like, let's do it. All right. It's where we can start. No, Josh, I... Where would you start? If you were in charge of the Oscars... Any of the other categories that are not the last one. He's licking my computer. Yeah, he's been doing this. Stop, Charlie. Why is he doing it? I don't know. (laughs) Can you fix your cat? I'm really trying. Okay. Hey, stop. Alright, Beast. Most Fantastic Beasts. Alright. Gotta get to the end of my list. There we go. Uh, Most Fantastic Beasts, which is a category that honors the best beasts in film of the year, because, well, one time on this podcast, we we talked about the most fantastic beasts of the year. All right. Yeah, you yelled at me. I yelled at you? Yeah, you told me Flubber's not a beast, and the magic carpet from Aladdin, and you yelled at me then put Lassie on there, but I put Airbud. (laughs) <laughs> Two of those things I still stand by. Lassie is probably fine at this point. Where else was I gonna? I where else was I gonna put Flubber, Josh? I don't know. He's not an animal. What is he? He's a scientific creation. He's a beast. <laughs> well, I'm excited then to hear your your beast nominees of the year. Oh, cool. I got them. All right, Boss Dog. Okay. From Tug's Journey. Uh huh. Bella from Tug's Way Home. Ah. 
A Seagull from The Lighthouse. Uh-huh. Good Boy from John Wick. Uh-huh. And Psyduck from Pikachu. Ooh. Psyduck was real close to making mine. All right. My nominees are... I've got, um... Sugar, the dog from Crawl. I've got, uh... Goose from Captain Marvel. I've got Everett from Abominable. I've got the horses that John Wick rides in John Wick. And I've got the seagulls from The Lighthouse. Wow, you didn't have Brandy? Okay, listen. Brandy was a close one. But, like... You put the horses on there before you put (laughs) Brandy? But, like, when I was thinking of the animals of the year, John Wick on those horses just came to my mind, like, really fast. So I was like, no, they have to be here. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so those are those the ones. Brandy Brandy didn't quite make the cut. Like, she's, she's a good dog, but, you know... I felt more for sugar. Because I tried to, like, I tried if I could to not, like, this is just me. I tried to, like, not put multiple an- types of animals on there. I wanted to be, like, one one animal up there. Um, I don't know why it was a thing I tried to do this year, but I did. So. Put sugar over brandy? Listen, I cared so much for sugar. Like, that whole time, I was just like, okay, berry pepper, whatever. Sugar. Like, I gotta, this dog has to be safe. It was a good thing. It made me care a lot more. She was a good dog. I liked her a lot. All right, Josh, who's your winner? Yeah, uh, my winner is Goose. I, I like Goose. Goose a lot. Goose is a good cat. Um, not a cat. Not a cat. It's, uh, it's actually a pretty terrible cat. Well, listen, um, <laughs> it, it acts a lot like a cat with its uh, aloof nature. kind of likes its people, but also, like, doesn't like them at times scratchies are on the face but uh you know when you need it and when you come down to your your most serious life-threatening moments goose is there for you there for you in, in a pinch i love goose good cat boss dog boss dog yeah, of course nice bailey 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 who else, what josh 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 yeah mm-hmm. what does bailey not do <laughs> bailey catches your cancer okay <laughs> Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey can reincarnate himself, herself. Yeah. Uh, pr- raises this girl on its own. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry, but like, what did uh, uh Goose do? It swallowed something and attacked people. Yeah. Listen, it helps save the universe. <laughs> Uh, pukes it up. Yeah. Bad kitty. <laughs> well, Keep it safe. <laughs> it was like hurting its insides. So it had to like come up. Alright. Uh, boss dog. Can I... Boss dog! Can I ask you a question about boss dog? What the... Okay. I was debating on a boss dog, but I couldn't pick which version. Well, it's all the same personality and soul, so you can pick all of them. Okay. If you had to pick... Which, which, like, what's, what's, do you have All a favorite? of them. Do you have a favorite of the boss All dogs? of them. Okay, no, the answer is no. Bailey, apparently. Bailey, Bailey. Okay, apparently, very strongly, like, no. Um, I like the when at the beginning, but also how a dog's part journey ends. That dog. That dog saves the girl from horses. It's a good dog. Yeah. Yeah. Better than mom. Yeah. Um. All right. Nice. Uh, wait, what's the dog? What's the Bryce Dallas Howard dog? Bella. Bella. She's also here. She, yeah, she is. That's a good dog, too. 
Not the CGI cat, though. She finds that. her way home and helps veterans deal with their trauma. She's a great dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do I still have... She befriends a mama cat, and she befriends a mountain lion. Mother cat almost made another category this year, but she, alas, did Saddest not. Death? Saddest moment? Yes, Mother Cat was almost here for that. It's not moment, it's saddest death. Is it? Uh-huh. Mine's not that. Sorry. You gotta change your list. Did I send you saddest death last night? Yeah, you said saddest death. Did I? Yes! That's not what I have written down. Well, oh, you can be wrong at times. Okay, that's fine. I will change my category. I think we just take it off. All right. <laughs> That indeed, for me then. You can talk about your stuff. All right. Well, I mean, we could each just do the category that we did. No. Well, if you're not gonna talk about it, then <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about it because that's. <laughs> I don't like it when I just monologue for a really long time. It's not that interesting of a podcast when that happens. It is. You have things to say. I mean, I do and I agree, but however, it's really nice when it's a conversation. Uh, Josh, what's our next category? Let's do the prettiest film of the year. All right, Lighthouse, Rocket Man, John Wick, Parasite, Midsummer. You want to stretch those into words? That was, like, really fast. Lighthouse, <laughs> Rocket Man, John Wick, Parasite, Midsummer. There you go. Um, I've got Ad Astra, Klaus, Claus, uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Is it not Klaus? It's Claus. Uh, it should be Klaus. I agree with you, but it's Claus as in Santa. You know. But it's Klaus as in the correct way to pronounce it. You're not <sighs> wrong. Yeah. And I can't watch this film now. You, but but it's enjoyable. And Weathering with You is my last one. There you go. Kylie, what's your winner? I don't know. I didn't pick Rocket Man. Uh, no, I'll go with Lighthouse. <laughs> okay, great. It's black and white, so it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? It's just that it's I black don't... and white. That's why it wins. That's why it's pretty. <laughs> Josh, this is my least favorite category because I never have anything to say, All and right. then I just drop the ball, and you always say, "You sure you don't have anything else to say?" Okay, alright, well fair enough, so sorry I didn't, I just I want to give you a chance to talk if you have something to say That's all I was trying to do Um, alright Um, my winner this year is I think Ad Astra Um, there's a lot of really good Um, visual design in cinema this year But that film, Ad Astra In particular, seemed to really go above and beyond In creating not only the actual physical visual effects, but use of CGI in creating its space world. And just the way that the effects work together to tell the story. I don't think that a film like this would really um, work if it didn't have the stunning beauty that is put on the screen. And that's not only in just the effects, but in the shot selection with cinematography, as well as the way that it is staged and what's in the frame. So yeah, Ad Astra uh, is uh, really is, my, is the prettiest film of the year for me. Though there are lots of really beautiful films. This one in particular was hard for me to narrow down to just five. All right, next up is where I would do the saddest one, but if we want to skip that one, then we'll go to a different category. Okay. Mind-blowing moments it is. Okay. All right. My nominees for mind-blowing moments 
are um, The Lighthouse, uh, Do the Right Thing from Frozen 2, the final run sequence from 1917, Montgomery's Play from The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and uh, the back half of Parasite. Just, just all of it. So you didn't pick moments, you picked a movie and half of a movie. Well, listen, three of them are moments. Alright. <laughs> it wouldn't be me if I didn't cheat a little bit, right? Uh, I wrote The Coin Man from Annabelle Comes Home. Uh-huh. I wrote Under the Coffee Table from Parasite. I wrote Vera Farmiga Revealed in Captive State. I wrote The Astral Projection in Doctor Sleep. And I wrote The End Credits for Spider-Man. Oh. The tag scene there. Nice, yeah. Thank you. It was yeah, the yeah. only interesting part of that film. Yeah, there you go. Alright, um, uh, my winner, I did, uh, specify a moment in The Lighthouse, because this is where The Lighthouse is, is my winner for me, because, yes, I think that whole movie is just a real trippy mind of a movie. Um, I think that when we finally, I just, I maybe don't even totally know what is happening, uh, when we get to finally get into The Lighthouse itself, um, and I won't describe too much because that actually comes near the back half of the film, but that, that quote unquote moment, that reveal of, uh, things that are just adding up, adding up, adding up. I was, just, I was kind of blown away by where we were and what we had seen, what we had done. That film itself is just kind of a real mind trip and it's a good one. So yeah, there you go. My winner is the scene where we finally get inside the lighthouse. The I'm, lighthouse. I'm going to go with the coin man from Annabelle Comes Home. All right. I remember watching that film and going what the heck when it goes crazy and then the coin and that effect is very nice there you go what's up next i don't i don't have the categories in front of me josh all right uh let's do best use of i feel a... like you're not talking enough josh josh do you have more thoughts to share okay i don't want you to feel like you can't share your things Usually you talk about the other films, too. Well, you thought you said I had to list five and a winner. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. But, like, I wanted you to only do five because before you would do ten and talk about all ten. Oh. <laughs> and I so thought... then I cut you down to five so that you would only have to talk about five. Well, I thought that we were just, I thought I was only allowed to talk about the winner. No, Josh, you can talk about whatever you want. Um, well, I mean, we're already past it. I'll slow down a little bit then, um, though there's lots of, lots of good things that are happening there, but we'll, I'll slow down a little bit as, as we, as we go through the next I'm five. gonna warn you, Josh, I don't have a lot to, Josh, <laughs> I don't, I, you know, you, you said this was a really good year in film, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't have a lot of love for a lot of films this year. No. I don't have a lot of love for a lot of films this year, so... I want you to feel like you can talk as much as you need to, okay? Fair enough. Okay. Um, I have said that I think 2019 ended up being a really, really good year for movies. Um, at least for me. At least in what I was enjoying and things. Like, as I was going through my letterbox list last night, um, I think it's like 60 to 65 films deep before I really get to, like, films that I just, I'm like, ah, oh, there's more problems than good with those. 
so yeah, it's it's yeah, I've I've definitely enjoyed this year quite a bit. It, it maybe not has been the best studio driven year, though I do think there is some good studio work. Um, there's I just think there's a lot of good films out there this year. Nice. All right. Um, the next up on my list then is a best use of a song or music in a movie. What are your What are your nominations over there? Glass Gal, Wild Rose, I Want to Hold Your Hand, Jojo Rabbit, Help from Yesterday, I Got Five on It from Us, and Portals from Avengers Endgame. Nice. Um, I've got um, Glasgow from Wild Rose, uh, Hard Times by Paramore from Happy Death Day to You, uh, Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen, Blinded by the Light, Out of Time by the Rolling Stones and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Slip Away by Perfume Genius and Booksmart. You're thinking over there. I don't remember like half of these moments. It's okay. I'll. I've I'll, seen. I'm pretty sure I've seen all these films, but <laughs> I know the Glasgow. Oh no, I know. I remember out of time. Uh -huh. It was super on the nose. Yes, absolutely. And I said, Quentin. <laughs> I said, shh. And I said, yeah, get it, Quentin. Uh, get it. I was just like, Quentin Tarantino, you're the worst. <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> He's going to win. He's going to win. Brad's going to win. Everyone's going to win. Uh, I, I have a, a new thought, actually. Mm. I, I actually kind of want, I would be more on board with your thought. I think 1917 is going to win a lot now. The uh, pre-Guild Awards and all that stuff. It's doing a lot since 1917. Parasite has a real outside shot because it's winning the second most amount of things. I think this is a real 1917 year. I'm sorry you're so sad about it. It's fine. It's just like we've done so many uh, cool things this year that like this movie that's just like it's good. It's a good movie. I'm not trying to like say it's bad. It's a good movie. Cool, it's an Oscar movie. Like it it like is that definition of like ah Oscars come to me. And they will. Yeah, it's not like Vord V. Ferrari that's chasing after the Oscar. Yeah, there you go. I mean that's also an Oscar movie. But no, that's a dad movie. <laughs> it's a dad Oscar movie. That's a Sunday that's a lazy Sunday afternoon movie. That's a good one for a lazy Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like a hangover movie. That's kind of, it might be a little loud. Maybe turn the volume down a little bit. Yeah, but if you're not like here in the vroom vrooms, <laughs> are you really experiencing it? Constantine is the best hangover movie. I just keep coming in and out. <laughs> Nothing matters. I don't. You keep looking for it. Yeah, it's not over there anymore. I think it's, it's down here somewhere. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, go, go with your winner. <laughs> oh, I have to go first? Okay. I went um, first last time. Uh, you know... This is going to come out of left field. I'm going to give it to Help from Yesterday. Oh. Because, here's what I'm going to say. All of these songs are mostly at the level of that film. And they're great in it. Uh -huh. But you know what? Help is high above 
everything else in that film because the song help his performance for the song help has commentary about the music industry about what that character is feeling it does anything to have any like emotion to it it's the only thing in that film that works yeah is the song performance help i agree that i think a lot of the song performances work really well um and that one in particular, I think, just is is actually what I want more of the movie to be. Mm-hmm. I think that considering if, the conflict of that film is that he doesn't know the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby for like half of that <laughs> film, he's just like, "Oh, where are the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby?" And we're all like, "We don't care. That's not that's not a necessary Beatles song." Also, listen, Oasis doesn't exist in this time. Go ahead and do Wonderwall. No one. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but apparently, all the other musicians exist David Bowie should not exist if the Beatles don't exist or David Bowie should not raise to that level because David Bowie was like well I'm gonna do the opposite of what those clowns are doing and I'm gonna do something great okay well I'm done yelling also I believe that without the Beatles Brexit might not have happened because nationalism in Britain is really formed and influenced by things like the Beatles so maybe without the Beatles also the Manson murders may not happen (sighs) okay so but also Harry Potter is apparently not a thing no one knows what that is in that movie. That's sad. Well. But the other things may outweigh it, sure. Yeah. Cigarettes. <laughs> Cigarettes? Cigarettes don't exist. Oh. What? what? That doesn't make any sense. What? Hang on, Danny Boyle. That makes no sense. Because cigarettes existed before the Beatles. No, it's not a thing of, like, only the... It's not the, a thing that the Beatles disappeared and therefore, like, these things disappeared. It's that these are things that didn't exist. Or so but maybe it's uh, cigarettes didn't exist and therefore... The Beatles didn't Beatles exist. Beatles exist, Yeah. What's the, what's the, like, where do we take it back to? I don't know. He get, I think the first he gets back is cigarettes. But without cigarettes, without tobacco, without the tobacco industry, how is America formed? There's no America. Kate McKinnon's character doesn't <laughs> exist in this world. This is a stupid movie. <laughs> pulling threads. <laughs> pulling threads. Apparently we should talk more about yesterday. I think this is, this is now a yesterday podcast. The yesterday minute. That's what we're doing. I just, I have... <laughs> I feel like yesterday was a great premise, and Danny Boyle was just so, he didn't have any teeth, he didn't take any risks, he was just, I'm gonna make a boring Danny Boyle film, and I was like, congratulations, Danny Boyle, you were once an interesting director, and now you're just blah. Yeah. So close, he was once. One of my guys, but not, not anymore. I think about it all the time. I think about how yesterday was just the biggest letdown of the year. But, like, Hamish was still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Hamish later on. Oh, sorry. So sorry. All right. Um, I just... <laughs> oh, okay. I was... I wanted you to go first because I might... I might actually make a switch. A swerve? Uh, into who wins. I'm really t- torn, though. Okay. Were you uh, going to give it to Glasgow? I wasn't. Because you thought I might? Because I thought you were. So now I might give it to Glasgow. I think that's the best written song of the year. But I think that... I don't <laughs> I really like what that film's doing all the way through, and Glasgow really, really matches up, if not elevates it more. But there's something about help. Um, I think I'm going to make a similar argument for, for my, the thing that actually wins for me. Um, 
So I'm I'm not gonna have Glasgow win though, cause like cause that's the honorary winner. I guess that's the honorary that's winner. The true winner. <laughs> yes. Um, Mary Steenburgen wrote it. Um. Yep. Mary Steenburgen, all in our hearts. Um. She's not nominated for an Oscar, which is a travesty, because we were too busy nominating boring songs. That, that is true. I don't know what songs are nominated other than the Frozen song. Oh. Oh. No. I do know what's freaking there. I can't even let you. I can't let you. I can't let you throw yourself away. It's literally the worst song ever written of all time. <laughs> it is not. Randy Newman has worse songs himself than that song. So it's, uh... <laughs> so it's the boring song from Frozen. Um... I mean, that song's not the most boring song in that film. Into the Unknown. What's the most boring song in that film? It's something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Into the Unknown... Oh, um, that one where I she's like, everything's great and fine and nothing bad's gonna ever Some happen. Some things never change. Yeah. I like that song, but it's cute. But it, it could just be from any musical. Like, you could put that on, be like, what's this from? And I'd be like, I, I don't know. It's from any musical ever. Okay, uh, right. Ra Randy Newman, uh, Can't Throw Yourself Away, uh, Stand Up from Harriet... Oh, there's that song from Breakthrough that we don't know. Yep, uh-huh, the Breakthrough song. And then another one. This is... Oh, this is, um, it's Elton John, and it is... I'm Gonna Love Myself. I'm Gonna Love Myself, yeah. Uh, so Elton John's winning. I think Elton's winning. I think that's that's true. Is El Are Elton and Taryn performing together? Uh, they should. I think so. That should be I, I want that to be a thing. If that's not what happens, Elton's a bad friend. <laughs> He's like, no, I want Bernie with me this time. Get out of here, Taryn. You see, Taryn was the one that came up with the ideas for Indiana Jones 2 and 4, and I just directed it. <laughs> Sorry, that's me saying Steven Spielberg's a bad friend, too. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, okay, so my other four are going to be... All right. Uh, okay, so my um, we talked about Glasgow. Good song, great song. Probably You're the best written song of the year. Um, you're gonna pick. Let's see, what were your options? I've I don't got... think you're gonna go for QT. Out of uh, Time, The Rolling Stones. Little on the nose, but good moment, good use of song. You're right, not picking QT. Right, what were your other nominations? Alright, I've got uh, Slip Away by Perfume Genius and Booksmart. Uh, Hard Times. Is that when they're dancing at the start? That is the one where she jumps into the pool right at the big, as the song kind of crescendos. And then like she's swimming over to find Ryan, and then she finds that Ryan is making out with somebody else. Okay. Yeah. That's that moment. Yeah, and then she gets Good moment. And then she gets naged into making out with this other lady. Yeah. Sad day. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. So that one's that was not winning because uh it's a good like drop into like the crescendo, it's a good mic drop, but like or like needle drop, sorry. But not quite not quite all there. So then I got down to two. I've got Hard Times by Paramore in Happy Death Day to You, which is the kill montage. So that's the other one. <laughs> So the other one is the winner, which is Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen oh, yeah. and Blinded by the Light. I should have known that. I'm so stupid. You're you said not. it was the funnest thing of the year, and I was like, when I watched that movie, I went, whoa. I just... <laughs> <laughs> so this year, for the middle... I like the 
the one where he's having like a conniption and like the words are being projected on the side of the wall. That's also a really good one. And the reason why I like that is that the emotion of that song mixed with the emotion of whatever is happening on screen really just like... It matches. <laughs> it's there. It <laughs> really just shows the angst of youth. So, uh, this middle of the year was kind of defined a little bit by movies that were based around artists. Like, the IP, like, feeding into movies was like, let's try musicians. I think we're getting that again this, uh, we're getting at least, we're getting two, I think. I think we're getting a David Bowie, and I think we're getting a, uh, but Tilda, uh, what's her name? What's her name? I can get there. Aretha Franklin? Is that who we're getting to? Uh, Jennifer Hudson? Yeah. <laughs> no, not the Jennifer Hudson movie. No, They're sorry. Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin is played by Jennifer Hudson, yes. I think we're, I think we're getting to David Bowie, but David Bowie's not being by, played by Tilda Swinton, so I guess what's the point of us even existing as a society anymore? Is that this year? Or are they starting to film that this year? We'll find out, Josh! We will find out. Um, while you find that out... Uh, so Kylie mentioned uh, yesterday, which is based around the music of the Beatles, um, and there's also Rocket Man, which we talked about, which is the biopic musical of Elton John, um, and then this one, which Bruce Springsteen is probably the artist that, uh, out of those three, I will say the words like the least. I don't dislike Bruce Springsteen, just like never been my bag, never really connected with him. Like fun, but not like emotional. And Blinded by the Light is a movie that really surprised me and like hit me on this really emotional core. And I think that what it did is it showed how a person can connect their world and their problems and their issues and their societal issues to an artist or to music. And I really, really like that that's what this movie ends up being about. It's about the character of Javid trying to find himself through the music that he listens to. And I don't think that that's specific to Bruce Springsteen. I think it's a universal thing. But through the eyes of Bruce Springsteen, where there's a lot of really passionate fans, I think it's, it's brought to life really eloquently and really, really beautifully. The Born to Run sequence comes as this kind of like cathartic release by all of the by, by uh, J uh, Javid and his two friends and it just fills this movie with such joy and passion and love and you kind of see that even if only for a short while things can be good and things can move forward and get better and so yeah there's just a really bright spot in one of my favorite movies of the year yeah, Stardust is coming out in 2020, according to IMDb. Nice. May 1st. May 1st? Oh, wow. Yeah. For a second, I thought Timothy Chalamet was playing him, and I went, I got worried. I did, too. That's what I thought. Because there's this picture. However. <laughs> yeah? Is it not Chalamet that's playing Bowie? According to this, it is Johnny Flynn. I don't know who Johnny Flynn is. Well, right. He's pretty boring looking. Who's Chalamet playing? I don't, he's not listed here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, IMDb. Is it wait? Is this gonna be one of those like I'm not there moments where like several people are playing Bowie? Well, I think like is this Bowie or is this looks more like Bob Dylan? And then I was oh, like, oh, it's Bob Dylan. And then I was like, Timothy should play Bob Dylan. He looks as wrecked as him. It's Bob Dylan, not David Bowie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So there's a Bowie, a Dylan, and Aretha. That's what's coming this there's year. Did you know that his son is the singer of the Wallflowers? Wait, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Just being sure. 
And then his other son is like a director or something. You know what I did not know until like two weeks ago that still blows my mind? That John Williams' son is in uh, yeah, Toto. I, I told you. I know. You were the one that gave me this wonderful why, information. That's why I'm like, yeah, that's why John Williams sometimes <laughs> sounds like Toto. You're not wrong. We're not like Africa, but they sound like Toto. Jesse. Let's see. Jacob? Have we talked about that this might be the uh, rumored ending for John Williams this year? Like, he might just be oh, I done. thought you were going to be like, this is the ending of Timothy Chalamet. No, no, no. Uh, John Williams uh, might retire after completing his Star Wars saga of scores. Well, good I'm for him. Deserved. He has, like, 58 not Oscar noms. 52. Okay, cool. You're close, yeah, yeah. Everyone's always like, Meryl Streep is great. She's got, like, 12, and John Williams is over there. Just tapping his fingers on the piano keys. <laughs> you know, he's just trying to write scores as long as he can. I mean, I guess if you're going to go into the film industry, that is probably a job that you can do for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Like editing. You could probably edit for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now that it's computerized. Yeah. Before it seems I mean, that... they need to learn how to use the computer, though. Well, they probably already do at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Marty himself. Well, but... You try to tell a substitute teacher how to make the video full screen on a projector, and you are asking them to disarm a bomb. <laughs> you just hit this button. I will say that my students, whenever I'm, like, trying to figure out the technology in my classroom, I was like, you just, you gotta, I was like, it's fine. I, I can figure it out. I'm not, like, incompetent. But they're like, but we know how. And I was like, okay, fine, great, tell me. And they tell me wrong, and I'm like, mm. You should ask them to show you. Well, yeah, that's what they end up having to do. Good. Okay, so, uh, we talk, what, did we, what were we talking about? I was yelling about the Beatles Yesterday. and how much I hate the Beatles. <laughs> I think we're done with that category. You hate the Beatles? I don't. Okay, I, I was just, like, wait, what? I don't hate the Beatles. I appreciate their mark on this world. Okay. Except for the nationalism of Britain. Josh, what's our next category? Um, death of a salesman? Beth's deaths of a salesman. Beth, the deaths of a salesman. Let's do the saddest category. We did it wrong, but that's okay. Let's do it. Okay, let me act. Let me actually... Right there, no, but then like I'm I going to do it right. Don't know why you don't want me to do it right. I do. I just because then I get to talk about Arctic. Here, okay, listen. Okay, you. Okay, here, you look up that, and I'll look up saddest deaths of the year. All right, my, and we'll go from there. My saddest deaths of the year. Here we go, everyone. Uh, I got Bailey slash Quaid and Dog's Purpose. Spoilers, but we all knew it was going to happen. Oh, yeah, we're going to spoil things, yeah. Um, I got Iron Man <laughs> from Endgame. But I don't have Black Widow, and the reason being is that film doesn't want you to feel too sad about it and doesn't care enough about her death, so it's not that sad. Um, I got the kid from 1917. I didn't bother to look up his name. I got... <laughs> Scar Joe, I just wrote Scar Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I got the niece from Rambo: Last Blood. Those are my five nominees. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some quick looking here, and try to not name ones that you. Okay, wait. Make sure you include Christopher Plummer from Knives Out. 
He's already here. You're the worst. <laughs> okay, well then I'll just do one. Okay, I'll do one that's... that's Okay. Um, okay, so can you um, read yours one more time just to make sure I don't have overlap? I'm pretty sure that I don't. Dog's Purpose. Uh-huh. Iron Man. Uh-huh. 1917. Uh-huh. Rambo. Um, I don't remember the last person. Oh, Scarlett Johansson from Jojo Rabbit. Okay, I probably would have put ScarJo and um, Iron Man on here, but in order of trying to do some other things, too. Are you going to put Black Widow? <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, so, uh, my, again, most of these are, like, soup spoilery. So, like, take, take 30 seconds and skip ahead if you don't want to be soup spoiled. Um, so, Christopher Plummer, Knives Out, totally here. Um, the two title characters from Queen and Slim. Um, oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to say that without spoiling it. Um, <laughs> the movie is worth watching even if you know that. You say that, but... It is! It really is! It's not like a movie that's built on a twist by any means. Um, Adam Sandler, Uncut Gems. The kid from Alita Battle Angel. Sad. The kid, I don't remember which kid from Alita Battle Angel that. Her love interest. Oh, he so tries sorry. to yeah. climb up to the, the place, to heaven, but he doesn't get there. Well, you know. Uh, and my number one, not surprising, is Beth from Little Women. Who's your winner? Oh, Beth. Um, Beth is my winner because um, I knew that was... You were crying before it happened. I was crying before it happened. Yeah, and I, and I do think in very specific, as we talked about in the Little Women episode, um, I, I think the way that it's cut together actually really, for this specific version, helped me not only um, really attach to it emotionally, but overcome the fact that I knew what was going to happen. Um, mine's Iron Man. Yeah? <laughs> we paraded his death. We were sad. We had to deal with it in a whole nother film. And, you know, it's... Like, the thing that's ruined the film industry. Like, we finally put death to it. And, like, we're all sad because, you know, now our Iron Man's gone. But, you know, he lives on in our hearts. And in cameos of prequels forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know Just finally like Iron Man I mean like Iron Man hasn't been very selfish and has risked his life many times over and, but like it, 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 the, just in the sense that like he knows that the only way to stop it is for his own death and I don't know there's just, just something really yeah. special about it uh, I think Tom Holland uh Gwyneth Paltrow and Don Cheadle at the end of his like when he's dying I thought that was a very good moment yeah. just all three of them being able to say goodbye don't worry Captain America you don't need to say like I'm sorry or anything it's fine we dealt with everything we're all okay now yeah we, we fought by each other again <laughs> me <laughs> negging this this win that I just gave I mean <sighs> You can rest now, Tony, which is like a good callback to the earlier scene where she's like, will you be able to rest? And now she's like, we're going to be okay, Tony. And then Tom Holland's crying and you're like, ah, Tom. Me too, Tom. Uh, I think it's also in a, it, it, 
I think prior to Endgame, um, it made more sense in my brain that Captain America would be the death that we, we kind of lose in this. But watching where they went with it and what they were doing and seeing the story told on from beginning to end, Iron Man 1 to Endgame, um, Tony's death makes the most sense and it's satisfactory in terms of storytelling, in terms of things there, especially with his run through Civil War. And I think his sacrifice isn't... So in the MCU's version of it, at least, I would say that, like, Tony Tony becomes the villain of, of Civil War. Um, and then with that being said... His, becomes the antagonist. The antagonist, sure. Yeah. Um, and with that sacrifice, I think he can... He's trying to make up for some of the mistakes that he's made. So, yeah. Sad indeed. It was the death that shook the year. Neither of us had the... Well, I don't want to talk about... <laughs> Never mind. Neither of us had the death of the daughter from Parasite. I just didn't want to talk about it. Like, it's legit, like, I think, like, the most saddest, crushing thing in my thing. But I was like, I don't even want to talk about Parasite in terms of, like, the, the plot of it. Because, like, it's so stunning when you watch through it. I like this person's review of, uh... Oh, it's Matt Singer's review of Uncut Gems. It's just too bad that not a single member of the Academy watched this movie. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Solid. Um, That's my take. Can I run through... Did you find saddest moment? All of Arctic. All of Arctic, okay. Oh my gosh. Like, people approached me to make sure I was okay at the end of that film. And then I went into the bathroom and people were like, Oh, did you just walk out of five feet apart? And I said, nope. <laughs> I just went on with my day. Um, <clears throat> what else is sad? Nothing sad. This was a great fun year. Um, Russell, the end of Russell's pretty sad. Mm -hmm. It's pretty melancholy. Um, I was sad throughout a beautiful day. That's what I was thinking what you'd have on here. Because I remember you being, like, I remember that experience of you being kind of sad throughout the course of that movie. Yeah, that dad needed to die, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, we knew, oh, spoilers. Dads can die? They die all the time, Josh. Um, not Lion King, because I wasn't emotionally attached to anything there. Not the, um, floating feather that we followed for a good five minutes? Um, it's not feather, it's hair. Oh, it is know hair. it's Simba's hair. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, all the people that tragically passed away during Fire Festival. <laughs> um, Woody kind of revert. It's kind of sad that Woody reverses the lesson that he learned yeah. already. <laughs> and that he sad. has, like, a real character yeah. flip out of nothing. That's pretty sad. <laughs> uh... Isla Fisher's death in Beach Bomb. That's a pretty sad moment. You know? Isla Fisher dies in Beach Bomb? Yeah, she's the rich one, and he can't have the money until he finishes his oh. book, and that's why he has to finish his book. It's yeah. like it's like only one of us liked that film or something. True. Uh, Good Boys has a really sad ending that doesn't make sense. Uh, you're left pretty bittersweet and sad at the end of Charlie Says. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the classics. All right. Um, my nominees this year are 
Um, saying goodbye to Ni- to Nini in the farewell. Um, Nai Nai. Nai Nai, thank you. Nai Nai. Um, goodbye Yellow Brick Road from Rocket Man. Uh, oh man, yeah, <laughs> sung by Belly Elliot himself. Yeah. Um, I was real worried when he started singing. I was like, "Ooh, is he gonna be able to pull this off?" And the answer is, uh-huh. uh, Roy. The end of Roy's journey in Ad Astra. Adam Driver sings in Marriage Story, and I'm not a good person in Uncut Gems. Oh, that's good. I'm not a good person. Oh man, I just really relate to that character. <laughs> but you are a good person, Kylie. No, me and Howard are the same person. Where's your where's your uh where's your gem? Kevin Garnett stole it. Oh, Kevin Garnett, give it back. Give it back. I didn't Menzel. I wish she had more to do in that film. She's also pretty good. I agree with that sentence. Also that other lady. She's also Judd Hirsch is also good. Man, that's just a good film. Yeah. If only like anyone saw it <laughs> I mean lots of folks saw it but nobody with a vote <laughs> no one cared yeah. alright Josh what's next um my what was your saddest moment my winner was um Adam Driver Sings in Marriage Story for me it was just, and I think that this is for me a very like this is just personal and like I think that there are other moments that might have been sadder on a more grand scale um, but for me, I think just the song choice that they use and the moment that it comes from and what he realizes, and I'm being very vague because I kind of think if I'm not vague, it might hurt the moment a little bit. So, um, but the song means a lot to, I think a lot of theater folk and, and to myself in particular. Um, and so yeah, just that moment where he kind of sings some karaoke and has a moment of realization late in the film. And, and I think it, it's just a really moving moment. Um, I'm not a good person from Uncut Gems was really close to winning because like even though I don't totally love that like everything that's there and happening like it's kind of a hard movie for me to watch gosh it's a movie about me they took my life and just made it into a movie (laughs) really what's the line on the Super Bowl today uh, he bets on basketball. Oh, okay. I don't need to know about the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. So sorry. Um, that moment in particular, I think, is actually what really elevates that movie into being something special because they live in a really honest moment with him. Even if it's for just a hot second, he's finally being honest with himself. Sad Two Brothers are good at that. Yeah. They're good at giving you people who aren't the most stuffing up and then making you be like, oh. Jumping back in! Uh, best scenes in a mediocre movie. Gotham City, guys. Lego Movie 2. Uh-huh. Pretty much just anything that Lego Batman was in was a pretty good scene. <laughs> I mean, Lego Batman just transcends this decade. (laughs) Uh, CPO Sacrifice. Couldn't put that under death, though, because he's not dead. Yeah, no, yeah. It's fine. Uh, I have the gas station from the Best of Enemies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I have the diner scene from Dead Don't Die. 
And I have a poetry meeting in Tolkien. Tolkien. Ah, nice. I have Everything's Not Awesome from the Lego Movie 2. I've got uh, Mother Cat from A Dog's Way Home. I've got Prince Ali from Aladdin. I didn't hate that number. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Um, I've got... Okay, I couldn't... My brain was trying to think, and so I think my favorite Rebecca Ferguson scene is she's sitting on top of the bus talking about, like, the powers and the history of whatever her people are. That scene from Doctor Sleep. Just but Rebecca mostly Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson from Doctor Sleep. Um, and then uh, Vince Vaughn cuts Florence Pugh in Fighting With My Family. Oh, like from the team? Yes. I was like, Vince Vaughn doesn't like... <laughs> not with a knife. He's not like... Yeah. I think there's a scene in a parking lot where basically he says, like, if you can't deal with this, you can't deal with being in the WWE, so you might as well just go home. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a really... And it uses like a motivational scene for her. And it's, it's... Vince Vaughn's probably the best... Weirdly, with a movie starring Florence Pugh, Vince Vaughn's probably the best part of Fighting With My Family. Yeah. No. I, I think actually most of the performers are good in that film. Yeah, I would Just, agree with that. There's something, like, surprising when Vince Vaughn is good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kylie, uh, what's your winner? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you, uh, you, guys, let's see 3PO. Okay, uh-huh. See 3PO sacrificing himself. One. Nice. One. Red Eyes. Two. Babu Frick. Three. <laughs> Uh, C-3PO, a character that everyone has hated for nine movies. <laughs> finally, or eight movies, finally does something and everyone goes, aww. And, like, we value, we see his value as a person. He makes an active choice. He's doing what's right, even though, what is his one character trait? Scared. <laughs> But now he's a, he's willing and ready to die for those around him, and I just think that that's much better. I wanna I wanna just point out like I'm with you that I think for most folks. I was gonna right. sarcastically put the death of Kylo Ren in uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker because Kylo Ren's an interesting character. Not the death of Ben Solo. I don't know anything about Ben Solo other than he goes ow and he runs like his dad. There you go. Yeah, great. You impersonated Harrison Ford, Ben Solo. I, I want to say, I, I, I saw 3PO's value in Empire. When Chewie, like, picks him up and carries him around and says, you're a valuable member of our team, that's where I'm like, well, get you. I'm with you. So you saw the value of him through someone else's actions, not okay, through his well, own okay, actions. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. All right. Listen, his other actions are, oh, I'm a droid being torn apart by other droids. He has over five... <laughs> Two million forms of communication. You're just gonna love to hate. He, he speaks up for R two D two when R D four crashed. He was like, "Oh, Master Luke, maybe you should get R two D two. He's my best friend." Do you know the weird, stupid comic backstory of that broken droid? No, I don't care, Josh. Okay, great. There, it's there is not one. from the prequel, so therefore I don't know. <laughs> All right, yeah, 3PO's great. Good job. Babu Free. <laughs> okay, I almost... Okay, I didn't, because he's an alien. He's, 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 he, like, he speaks, he's got, he's got, like... I almost put Babu Frick on my best beast, of, most fantastic beast of the year. No. But, he's, but then I was like, alien, not a beast. Well, the cat's a beast, or an alien. 
Yeah, but you can't. Okay. I don't know. I was, I was torn. I so was torn. So it's a, because he's a biped, not a quadruped. That's why he, you don't consider him. I think it's because he talks. I think it's because he's got, like, speech. Maybe we don't understand what he's saying. The cat. The cat goes, meow. Yeah, and maybe true. that means, hello there, I'm an intelligent life form. Maybe we're the not intelligent ones. Yeah, maybe. That's a true story. Check your privilege. I All will. right, Josh, <laughs> who's your winner? Uh, everything's not awesome from the Lego Movie 2. Uh, I agree with you that... <laughs> Every single time Batman, Lego Batman is on screen, it's, it's not solid. There, it's not over there anymore, yeah. Josh. It's not. I'm looking at where they used to be. It is alphabetical somewhere. It's over down there, I think. Oh, these are alphabetical, not by director. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I kept going like, well, some of these are in alphabetical order. That's cool. So when you get to the solo director, they're not in alphabetical by director's last name anymore. Yeah, it's right next to the Lego movie part two. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's just that sequence really... I Pretty much whenever they're singing in the Lego movie part two, I'm on board with it. And whenever they're not, I'm really not on board with it. But what I like about Everything's Not Awesome is it takes this idea that was put forward in the Lego movie and that is explored in the Lego movie two and really kind of like puts it together um, and then not only mashes together the idea of Everything's Not Awesome, but the catchy song and it just, it works really well. It's a fun song. It's a good moment. There you go. All right, we are to best supporting actress. All right, okay. Number one, we got Rebecca Ferguson from Doctor Sleep. That's a good nom. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> she transcends this year. Zhao Zhuzhen from Farewell. Thomas and McKenzie from Jojo Rabbit. Isabella Huppert from Greta, and J Lo from Hustlers. I have got um, Jennifer Lopez from Hustlers, uh, Florence Pugh from Little Women, Park Sodam from Parasite, Julie Walters from Wild Rose, and Zhao Zhuzhen from The Farewell. I struggled picking a winner. In this category. Um, I really like all five of these performances. And in fact, like I have a laundry list of others as well. Um, but these all these five I think were all really unique and special in what they do, and I think they also really helped carry their movie in a lot of ways. Uh, um Julie Walters was kind of the last one that like stuck that, like, snuck in there at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't get to see Wild Rose until a little bit later. But, like, just her... The way that I think she supports her daughter in the movie, uh, played by Jessie Buckley, and is very honest and real, but also very, like, strict. And you're like, I understand why Julie Walters, the mom, is the way that she is, but also why Jessie Buckley wants to rebel against it. And just that relationship feels really real. Uh, Zhao Zhen in The Farewell. Uh, if you don't care for Nai Nai, then I'm not sure that movie really works as well. And she just plays this really sweet person who's just 
trying to, you know, throw the wedding for for this kid and everyone else is just trying to say their goodbyes around. It was just, it's a really beautiful central performance. Um Park So Dam in Parasite, I think is so she plays the daughter of um one of one of the families and is probably the biggest surprise of the year for me. I just I think she comes on screen and she's instantly captivating and instantly you just want to follow her story and from the moment she's there until the moment the movie ends you're just for me she's the presence that I want to watch on screen you feel that she's got everything in control and in command and just really really like her um but I think that for me it narrowed down to two at the very end and that was Jennifer Lopez and Hustlers and Florence Pugh in Little Women um, and I ended up picking, I ended up picking Florence Pugh because I really like Jennifer Lopez and I think Jennifer Lopez is really, really great and wonderful and Hustlers and does something really unique and special and different. And frankly, I kind of wish I could give out both, but I, I, I'm not. Um, what puts Pugh over the edge for me is the simple fact that I've not seen Amy portrayed in this way before and I really like the way that she gives such motivation and drive and we understand Amy and her emotions even though Amy is clearly the antagonist of the piece towards Joe we through Florence's performance we get to see and understand her as a character and her motivations and it's just something that I think had been really lacking in a lot of other adaptations and other things there and so that I guess is the personal reason as to why I picked Florence Pugh in Little Women. What you got over there? What? Oh, I, Josh, who should I pick? Whoever you want. Oh, I think it's gonna go to Thomas and McKenzie! Oh! Nice. Who the Academy just looked over time and time again. Twice and twice again. Maybe Desolation of Smaug. Was she in the Desolation of Smaug? Oh, she was like Bard's kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> she was Luke Evans's kid. <laughs> You're probably pretty close to having seen all her films. Oh, Smaug. Sorry, no sorry, she's not in Smaug. She's the she's in Battle of the Five Armies. Oh, sorry, Sm Five Armies. Leave no trace. Jojo. The changeover. I don't know what the changeover is. Uh huh. I don't know what it is either. I clicked on it and something creepy popped up. Oh well, goodbye. Oh, the king. With Timothy, shall we? Uh, yeah. No, oh, gotta watch that. Apparently, the true history of Kelly Yang. You gotta see that. Yeah. Uh, you listen, listen, Jojo Rabbit, Jojo yeah, Rabbit, Jojo. Uh, so Thomas and Mackenzie in this film, uh, when she's with different people, she has different power dynamics with them. Uh, considering when we're looking at her with Jojo, when she's with the mom, with Jojo, you see at first a much more abrasive, comedic portrayal, and then like she softens up very nicely to become more of a older sister type thing and genuinely care about Jojo and then with her scenes with Scarlett Johansson they're just so heartbreaking mm -hmm. watching them like talk about the world that's out there and 
Yeah. Uh, I think that Thompson McKenzie is just so strong in that role that without her like being both a comedic and like a dramatic performance in there it would that that film that teeters that line back and forth very strangely yeah <laughs> i think that it would teeter one way or the other without someone as strong as her i agree with that it's nice that she doesn't that character doesn't have as much comedy to play as some of the other characters mm-hmm. do and so i think that she's able to really she's in on the joke yes yeah yeah so and and she gets to for lack of better words she gets to play the straight man of the piece as well you know and that's that is not always the easiest task to do and do well mm-hmm. yeah all right best supporting actor time yeah okay so i got bill camp from dark waters I got. Is this where the dark water sweep starts? Well, I couldn't give it supporting actress because Anne Hathaway does jack all in that film. No, she gets lead actress for that film. No, <laughs> she she ain't leading anything in that film. Bill Camp is the farmer, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good pull. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Song Kang Ho from Parasite, Alessandro. Nivola from The Art of Self-Defense. Okay. Shia LaBeouf. Honey Boy. Ooh, Shia's the supporting. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I Okay, so, like, that's really hard because I Noah think that... Noah Jupe's the lead. I think that movie is an ensemble because the character of whatever Shia LaBeouf's... Uh, whatever child actor Shia LaBeouf is. Do you want me to put the peanut the butter filking? No, I don't. It's fine. You're it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'm with you. I'm actually supporting your thing by saying that I don't think the film has a lead. Yeah, it's like Parasite. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's a supporting actor. Yeah. Um, and then Willem Dafoe from The Lighthouse, because no one cared about that performance except for you and I. Hark! I love it. All day long. I'm going to hark all day long. Um... All right, uh, mine are... You seemed really shocked when I brought up Dark Waters. (laughs) Just, I wasn't expecting Dark Waters. So early? (laughs) I was like, best picture, certainly. (laughs) Um, I can't give it anything else, Josh. Our nominees are stupid things, and I can't put a serious film in that. There were no beasts other than the dead cows. <laughs> My most fantastic beast is the cow. <sighs> My most fantastic beast is the cow that almost kills Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> he did what aliens couldn't do. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. Uh, Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse, Song Kang-ho for Parasite, Jonathan Majors for The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Zai Ma for The Farewell, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. I almost gave it to Tommy Lee Jones for Tommy Lee Africa. is good, yeah. But he's just playing his character from Space Cowboys, because he just wants to die in space, and I <laughs> think we should just let him. <laughs> just ship him on a rocket ship and let him go. There were two space cowboys in that. The two that were alive that aren't Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh, okay. um, um, Hunger Games, President Snow, Sutherland, Donald. Like, yeah. Comma Donald. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay, well, it's okay. What's up? 
Uh, you're first this time. What? You, no. Okay, who, who's going on? Okay, like, listen, guys. Listen. I probably would have given this to Willem Dafoe if he wasn't too crazy. Because he is doing his Willem Dafoe thing. Yeah. Um, although it's like Willem Dafoe doing Shakespeare doing crazy. It was kind of very interesting. Yeah. It was loud, brassy. You feel sad at times. But you just want to sit back and have a swig of kerosene and enjoy. I think I gave him the award a few years ago for the <laughs> project, and I'm not gonna keep doing that. Shia LaBeouf, we've come so far, Shia. I'm really hoping that this is a good piece of therapy for you, and we continue to see good work from you. You know, Borg versus McEnroe. I feel like I also gave to Shia LaBeouf, so we're gonna keep on going. <laughs> Uh, Alexander Navalo was definitely nominated last year. I don't remember if I gave it to him or not, but he was a nomination. He was nominated for, um, is it Disobedience? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I might have given it to him too, so you can't win this (laughs) All right, all three winners are represented, okay? (laughs) All right, now we got Bill Camp. Bill Camp, you came so close. Bill Camp, you're a you play a character who when we look at it because the way that that character is filmed and looked at before he you get to know him, he looks very much like, "Oh, that's just a crazy old farmer. It's fine." But then when you actually get to start getting to know Bill Camp and listening to him, it's kind of breaking that stereotype and those preconceptions that we normally have about farmers in the that area of the country. I think that Bill Camp does a good job of making us feel sympathy for him, to for believing him, and we're like, yeah, you need to fight for Bill Camp, Mark yeah. Ruffalo. Like, you are the heart and soul of this. You're like, you're like Linda in Green Book. You're the heart. Cardellini? Yeah. yeah. However, Song Kang Ho is going to win this. Because- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he's great. Yeah. <laughs> Song King Ho in this film is the greatest thing that's ever existed. He's there. He's like, listen, kids, we're going to try and do our best. His family dem- dyma- dynamic, you see that he cares about his kids and his family and that he wants to, like, give them a good life. But he's also so, like, hopeless and torn apart on the inside from everything. Like, there's a scene where they're laying in a gymnasium and he's just, like, so sad and heartbroken and, like, he has no hope for the future. But you also see his disdain for the upper class. Yeah. yeah. Wears it all on his sleeve. And, like, it's all out there. And, and, yet... and no one... I mean, that's not true, Josh. You also... You've experienced Song Kang-ho in your life. But the American people have not experienced Song Kang-ho to the extent that they need to. Go watch all of Bong Joon-ho's films. He is an actor who is actually really comedic and really funny. And oftentimes he plays a joke. But, like... Like, Bong Joon-ho gets, like, something very specific out of him every single time. And it's, like, it's always nice to see Song Kang-ho in more of a serious role Mm -hmm. than just, like, a funny jokester. Though he is very good with the funny jokester. I like, that's what I liked about him in Parasite in particular is that he gets to walk that line really, really well. Where, like, I don't ever think his character is overtly comedic, but he definitely has that, like, oh, you, you could make dad jokes. Like, I don't know what, what puns work in uh, South Korea, but he makes them. Like, he's all over those. Um, he's really great. There's definitely a sequence, and I think my favorite sequence is, and I'm gonna try to say this, like, as non-spoilery as possible, but, like, there's a sequence where 
a plan is taking place and his part in the overall plan. Oh my gosh. He's just so good in those scenes and those moments and you're just like, yeah, do it. Get on board. He played, yeah. like, there's a moment where you're looking at him and you're kind of like, oh, Alfred. But then because you know what's happening, you're kind of like, oh, what? Oh my gosh. That song can hope for Alfred? Give me all day long. Uh, I don't know who is cast in... The Ropat one, but we need to uncast that person and cast Song Kang Ho as Alfred. Let's do it right now. Come on, everybody. <laughs> okay. I'm so, so sorry. We need him around. Um, I have a counter. You know, let's make Alfred like a person and not just like a subservient to Batman. Oh, yeah. Like, like I mean, Michael Caine's probably the best Alfred that we have because, like, he's willing to call him out on his crap and he's cool and he's the best person ever. Isn't there... Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's a TV show, I'm pretty sure, that's... Whatever Alfred's last name is, Pennyworth or whatever. Uh-huh. I think it's called Pennyworth. It's on one of the, like, streaming networks where it's Alfred, like, young Alfred. Oh, that sounds in the war. stupid. <laughs> I think it exists, though. I'm pretty sure. I agree with you. Like, let's give Alfred a little more to do. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. You're right. This looks stupid. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I I'm sorry I brought it down with, with Pennyworth. Um, what do you want now? I, I gotta do. I gotta. I gotta pick my winner. Josh, your winner is Song Kang Ho. <laughs> winner is not Song Kang Ho. Um, what? <laughs> it's not Song Kang Ho. You can shoot me in the face. It's fine. My winner is also not Brad Pitt. So don't worry about that either. Though is, Brad Pitt, I love. Is your winner? Uh, is it Robert De Niro for the Joker? It is. No, it's not. I'm so sorry. He's yeah. pretty good in that too. He was not bad. His second best performance of the year. Second best. What's his best? Irishman. He's actually good in the Irishman. <sighs> I can't watch that. It's three hours long. Well, you have other things to do. I don't have, like, I'm struggling with making commitments to things, which is why YouTube videos are great, because they're five minutes long. You sent me at one point, or I think it was you, uh, uh, um, not a meme, but like a picture of how to watch The Irishman in episodes. Mm -hmm. You just watch it in episodes. There's like, like four of them. There's like hour long episodes still. <laughs> Uh, this year, while I really love all of my nominees, and I think that they all are really good, uh, this was actually, I think, my easiest category to pick. Um, and that's not due to the quality of anybody else, but except for that Jonathan Majors in The Last Black Man in San Francisco gives him pretty sure my favorite performance of the entire year. He plays this character of Montgomery, and Montgomery is... Uh, best friends with the lead character of the film, and uh, he is the grandson of Danny Glover, and their relationship is really special and unique. But this character of Mont uh, Montgomery is one that I have not—I don't think I've seen on film before. It's a really gentle character. It's a really, really, really introspective character, and yet at the same point. He's just an observer of his world, and he, he takes it in in many different ways, whether that be the art that he draws, or the plays that he writes, or his interactions with, his, with the people around him. And the film 
is really precious about the way that it presents this character and it has to be because it's going to be through his eyes that the main character can finally see what he needs to see in order to move forward with his life and there are some tragedies that happen in and around these characters and i think his reaction to it and and the, the um and the film in and around um this character and these stories um, much like many other films this year is about class and class distinction um, and this one specifically in San Francisco but Jonathan Majors himself is just he's really something special a real revelation and, and each time I've watched this movie I there's a moment where we we get to see his play and I just I bawl almost every time a lot because of his performance so Jonathan Majors there you go uh, best actress mm-hmm. all right Ana de Armas for Knives Out Aquafina for The Farewell, Elizabeth Moss for the her for her smell, Susha Ronan for Little Women, and Caitlin Deaver and Benny Feldstein for Book Smart. Hmm, sounds like there were six people there. It's a there's a there's a, there's a duo. Yeah, you can shoot me. I gave you five. Well, I'm <laughs> cheating. No, pick one. You made me do this before, and then you yelled at me for the one that I picked. So no. Also pick someone else. Oh, no. (laughs) Those are my nominees for the year. (laughs) Are you going to read yours? Um, I think I got Aquafina for The Farewell, Tessa Thompson for Little Woods. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help you think of them. Florence Pugh for Midsommar. Lapita Nyong'o for Us. Hmm, who was my last one? Oh, Jesse Buckley for Wild Rose. Nice. Of course. I, this category I struggled because there was a lot of people I wanted to put in. Jesse Buckley was one in particular that I was really sad that I couldn't fit into mine. I really struggled too because I didn't watch a lot of films starring women apparently. Yeah? <laughs> Josh, my, my top five is... A boys club with the exception of The Farewell and Parasite. My top ten, I should say, is mostly a boys club. My so my best actress list of also rands on my other sheet is my longest list. But also, it's got a lot of good elsewhere, too. A lot of good this year for me. Um, all right. I don't. Do you want? I don't remember who's going to talk first on this one. You or I? Well, you went first. I could go first. The okay. winner, of course, is Julianne Moore for Gloria Bell. Nice. And she wasn't even nominated. Oh, okay. Well, you know, could could have been a write-in ballot situation. Can you do that? Yes. What's the whole point of this life then? I mean, you, you people don't, but you can. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not sure if your ballot's counted, but you could. Wait, then what's the point of writing in? Well, if you just scratch off somebody's name and write in somebody else's. Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, I don't know who to pick. Just all of them. We'll just give it to all of them. They're all great in their own special way. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Why are they all doing it in such a way? Sounds like you have five performances to talk about, Kylie. 
Lupita's great. <laughs> oh, well, Lupita's great, and Jesse's fantastic, and uh, Aquafina's wonderful, and... Well, okay, <laughs> fine. Lupita... <laughs> Let's start there, I guess. Lupita just, like... And a lot of times when we got these ladies in horror films, and they're scared and stuff, and you're just like, this isn't a very good performance, but I think that she understands how to exude the tension and like the like extreme paranoia that's going on even before things start getting crazy she's doing a great job when you're in the house and you see that something's wrong with lupita so you're like well something's wrong yeah um i like that like it's very clear that she sucks at things and that's why she's the one from the underground um but like no one else seems to think that she sucks at things. Like, she can't even snap on beat to I Got Five on Us. Yeah, I also didn't know she was snapping off beat. That's just how unrhythmic I am. Um, yeah. What do you mean she's not snapping in time, Josh? It's like, bum, bum, bum. And she's like... Yeah, I was like, oh, she's just, she's there. She's, she has her own rhythm. <laughs> I think it's harder to snap off beat to that song. That is what Lupita Nyong'o also <laughs> said. <laughs> she's like, really hard, okay? Yeah, she did it greatly. Yeah. There was, it was, she seemed so natural about it. And like, when she's there ready to kill people, you're like, yeah. I think she just does a lot of good in that film. She does. I agree with and you. And everyone's like, give her the supporting. And I'm like, no, because I can She's do that voice. It's not lead. It's not as, in, no, like supporting for her performance as Red. It's one. No, no, thank you. I don't like this <laughs> argument. No, thank you. I. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Jesse Buckley. Fantastic. Everything she does is great and wonderful. She's not a good mom at first, but you're still like, Jesse, I understand. We gotta get out of Glasgow. And you're on her side because she's so empathetic, even though you're looking at her and like, on a piece of paper. Bad mom. <laughs> but you have so much empathy and sympathy for her. Yep. Who else did I have? Oh, I did the math in that movie um, based on what they say. She had her first kid at 14. Yeah. So, like, I think that is weirdly one of the more things that help you be a little bit more empathetic to her, like, wanting to leave. Because, like, she's been a mom since she was an early teenager. Like, I, I get it. Like, she never had a chance to chase her dream. I mean, she made choices, but, like, she never had a chance. Florence Pugh, Midsommar. Midsommar is all about dealing with grief. And at the beginning there, after, spoilers, her family dies, and she's just, like, screaming, crying on the couch, like, I don't feel like Jack Renard being like, oh, this, she needs to stop talking. I'm, like, so on board with Florence Pugh and everything that she does. And, like, she shows, like, strength, but then weakness and frailty, and, like, you're just like, oh my gosh, Florence Pugh, and then by the end, you, like, have a sense of empowerment, because she found people in a community that empathize with her, and that's really all we needed. <laughs> I wish... That's what Midsommar was about. That's what I think a, a good reading of that is. When you ask Ari Aster what that movie is about, that's not what it's about. Well, Ari Aster, sad. you can be wrong about your yeah. own work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Who else did I have? Josh? Aquafina? <laughs> Aquafina! Yeah. Guys, 
She's just wonderful! Uh-huh. Comedic performance, according to the Golden Globes. Not at all heartbreaking and sad. I often think about that scene where she's, like, running down the street very pathetically. Yep. And you're just kind of like, oh, man, please go get that piece of paper. But then she has the piece of paper and she's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, the scene where she's trying to find the girl's earring on the floor and, like, half the people in the room... I think it's just one person in the room can't understand what she's saying. Yeah. And she's, like, yelling and crying at her family because her family kind of, like, she doesn't understand their take on things. So she's just like, why won't, why can't we just, yeah. and she's struggling with this balance of, like, American culture and Chinese culture. And, oh, she's so torn apart. And Tessa Thompson for Little Woods. Ah, uh-huh, yes. Tessa Thompson in Little Woods is, like, this very, very hopeful yet hopeless performance about this woman who essentially knows what she's gonna have to do is wrong but she's willing to do it for her family and she's just so strong and brave and powerful and she's scared and tessa thompson we all love tessa thompson but you know you know how often i get to see her just do something dramatic and serious not often not often usually she's like hello there Thor. (laughs) or or alternatively (laughs) Do you have to punch him, Apollo? Yes. Yeah. Uh, just she's she's not her she's not her big bright bold self as much in this film. She's a lot more subtle, but she's just so good. Yeah. No she, one saw this film. She can do that really well. I was gonna say that was also one of my favorite traits of hers in Annihilation. Oh yeah, she's she's yeah. great in that movie. Probably my favorite part. You can go buy it. It's five dollars. Yeah. At Target. Fred Meyer. Oh. In a bin. Oh. Fred Meyer bins. Bin diving time. They only have about ten films over just repeated. Uh yeah, but then I dig through the bin and I find those ten and I'm like, yeah, but there there's there's more. There's gotta be at least there's a different one and it's gonna be the one that I want. Uh... And I look through the whole bin. They're remodeling Target and I'm really worried. That the movies are just gone. Yeah cut from the team i'm real sad if it happens oh well no not oh well <laughs> i think you're done here i don't you're about out of space no there's plenty of space well that's holiday so that's that's done there there's lots of space there also a lot of this can condense in josh you keep every time i come over you're like i don't know what i'm gonna do about my television <laughs> well, yeah, that 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 one I'm struggling with. Like, I still have three over there that I have to file over there. Yeah, we're done. Um, are you doing a five way tie? Oh no, I have to pick. Oh, okay, you can do a five way tie. I'm okay with it. Who am I supposed to pick, Josh? You already gave one to Florence, and she can't win multiple times. She can. No, she can. She can one for me, and one from you. No, Stuckies. No. The the K-Ducks and the J-Ducks. All right. I guess it's going to you, Lupita. Oh, okay. What did I choose wrong? No, Should I have you didn't. Jesse you did not choose Buck- wrong. You did not choose wrong. Aquafina? Should I have just stuck with my guns and put Julianne I'll say, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the winner is Nicole Kidman. Oh, okay. And the winner is Imogen Poots. <sighs> I wasn't sure where to put her. I, th- I think so. 
supporter? She was also good, but she's just being a whispery whisperer, yeah. like her mm-hmm. usual self. Yeah. That dachshund almost made my most fantastic beast of the year. It doesn't do anything, Josh. It's so cute, He gets though. killed. I know, it's sad. He gets punched with a foot. <laughs> That's a good movie. Thank you. Yeah. We finally made it, guys. Now I just need you to say the same thing about Dark Water and or Justified. Dark Water is way higher on my list. <laughs> Josh, your winner is... Who did you name? Searsha Ronan. That's not my winner. Oh, well, then you did it wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. Aquafina? No, also not my winner. Is it the the uh, the two? It's the two. Okay. I wouldn't put two on here if they weren't going to win. That would just be ridiculous. I mean, I'm a ridiculous human. No worries. Uh, so, I like... I, I, I went with Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein as a duo, and I couldn't separate them. Because when Kylie... I've actually been thinking about this since Kylie asked me this when we did, like, our whatever middle of the year. Like, it was a question at some point. Gosh, it's at the end of the year. We do this. We do the same questions every single time. <laughs> All felt, in a row. Well, it, I felt like this was earlier in the year. Like, it was, like, summertime when you asked me. And then, like, I've been thinking about this ever since of, like, which one would I pick? And no, it was very recent. It was Soup's recent. Okay, well, since then, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I, like, I don't, I didn't want to pick then, and I don't want to pick now. And the reason being is because... The movie doesn't work without both of their performances. If you have one equally as good performance with another person who's not doing as well, then the movie doesn't work. And, and that's why, for me, it's a, the very, very, very rare situation in which I, I, I would give a tie to this, an award two, to both Caitlin Devers and Beanie Feldstein. Uh, Deaver, singular, sorry. Um, because what they do is they play off each other and they they both build characters that are unique and yet very relatable that are uh, just two, for me, characters that I want to spend time with in this world and watch them go and learn and succeed. And, and, and a couple of the things... Uh, when I was doing doing some things there and looking at like the saddest moments of the year and stuff like that, a couple of them had listed the end of this film as one of the saddest moments of the year. And I it just didn't agree with that because like the whole point and arc of these characters in these movies and the performances here is that they actually have to learn to grow apart. People grow up, they graduate, they move on. Um, and I think it's watching their performances go from this unit, this this duo, to by the end of this piece, they're ready to be different people. They're ready to grow up and they're ready to move on. And the, the differences, I think, are subtle and yet very important to their characters. And that is all down to their performances as well. So that's why I went with them as my winner. Um, yeah. My others, uh, just here, just to give them a little bit of a moment, I think Ana de Armas is the heart and soul of Knives Out, and I think that uh, she balances a lot of the bigger performances in there and really delivers an emotional uh, piece of acting that is also hilarious. Elizabeth Moss uh, in Her Smell is one of the... That's that's one of the most difficult movies to watch, and yet through her performance, you simultaneously, like hate this person and are just so sad and want to root for them at the same time um you see the choices that she's making and you understand why and then she just has this total different 
tone for for the back half for the back third of the movie, and it's really well. And Susha, Susha's just great. I I, I I talked about her a lot during the Little Women episode, and so yeah, there you go. Any final thoughts before we move on to best actor? No. All right, let's do it. Oh, oh, my nominees are Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, and Mark Ruffalo. Okay, uh, wait so here. <laughs> for uh, Murder Mystery and Sandy Wexler. That's not this year. And Uncut Gems and uh, a YouTube Vanity Fair interview that I saw and uh, Dark Waters. No, he, okay, yeah. <laughs> Noah Jupe for Honey Boy. Uh-huh. Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. Mads Mikkelsen for Arctic. Mark Ruffalo for Dark Waters. And, of course, Will Smith for Dumb Night Man. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, not Aladdin? He's not the lead. I mean, he's the lead in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Hammerish almost made the list. Yeah? I thought he was actually very good in a movie that was terrible and that I should have made. I agree that Hamish is very good in that movie. But you don't agree I should have made that film. <laughs> uh, my five this year are uh, Daniel Craig for Knives Out, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Taron Edgerton for Rocket Man, and Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. I'm sorry, Mark. I was really pulling through for you. You were. Mark's, Mark's good. I think he's on my also rants. Listen, guys. Guys. Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> very unemotional performance. While at the same time yeah. being very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> and you're... <laughs> he's got this one look on his face that he has the whole time. And then he's just like, yes. And then you're like in tears because you're like, thank you, Mark Ruffalo, for this wonderful performance. There you go. Who else do I have? I got Will Smith, Gemini Man. Not for playing Junior. That's a lost cause. <laughs> performance. But for playing... No, it's not! Because one, he's trying to be his young self and he can't do it. So we're going to go with when he's oh, okay. his older self. All right. Okay, so he's playing his older self. It's quite wonderful, emotional. Agreed. But you're not the winner. Okay. Why am I? I mean, Adam Sandler's the winner, yeah, but I guess I, Scott, I, I I just, I'm just like trying to talk about other people. Noah Jupe, you're so so close. You've overtaken Jaden Martell Ooh. in my heart. Okay, it, sorry, Jaden. What has Jaden done? Knives out. You know the lodge is gonna come out limited this year, and that do not bring up knives out to me, Josh. <laughs> he probably does more in it chapter two than this. Probably, I didn't see it. Who, who am I talking about? Jaden Mortel. <laughs> oh. Noah Jupe. Uh, Noah Jupe. Uh, I think that he is the child performer that has it figured out. Um, you know, every performance he's given so far has been great. Let's see if we can hold it up and through the teenage years. Does he have, what does he have before this year? Quiet Place. Okay. Wonder. Oh. Seen, oh, is he like his friend in Wonder? Nice, yeah. Noah Jupe. Noah Jupe. Yeah. You think that I just came out yeah. of nowhere with this whole Noah Jupe thing? No, I don't. I was just saying that <laughs> I didn't know 
the Noah Jupe story. <laughs> you didn't have the, the background? Yeah. Um, you know, he's in a quiet place for it too. He will be, yeah. Um, I mean, contracts. Oh, he's the child in Suburbicon. Well, that's not a bad performance. It's not. He's not yeah. the issue with that film. He is a child. Oh, and of course, Holmes and Watson. Yeah, he's just a tater tot. He plays Doxy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Julianne Moore is also really good in that film. Yeah, Gosh. She is. Yeah. Man. Uh, Oscar Isaac, also solid in that film. Yeah, Matt Damon is doing what that film is. However, that's the, <laughs> yes. that's the real issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um... Who am I talking about? No Jupe. Oh, yeah, No Jupe's great. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen, for the longest time, I thought Mads Mikkelsen is going to win this. Mads Mikkelsen's performance in Arctic is everything that we wanted Leonardo DiCaprio's performance being the Revenant to be. Agreed. How, but, like, there's so much more emotion in Mads Mikkelsen's performance than there is in Leonardo DiCaprio because I think that we're focused more on his emotional struggle and everything while in the Revenant were focused on him fighting a bear and like great he fought a bear and like he fights a bear in this film too but like there just feels like there's more emotional stakes than there ever was in The Revenant yes okay well the bear <laughs> Arctic means bear <laughs> polar bear what he fights a polar bear yeah I said he fights a bear yeah well I just didn't know if there's a difference like if we want to be specific about what type of bear it is okay well okay oh, okay <laughs> but Adam Sandler <laughs> doesn't fight a bear. Guys, I finally figured out spoilers. I kind of figured out, finally figured out why when Adam Driver tells Scarlett Johansson that he wakes up every day and wishes she was dead, I finally figured out why that makes me laugh. Okay, I did it. Okay. I did some self searching. Uh, it's because of the wedding singer when he sings that, like he's like Lisa. I hope you die. Uh huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's just what I think about when Solid. I think that that's the connection that I made. Adam Driver, Adam Sandler yelling at to the woman that he loved that he wishes that they would die. Great, I love it. So any Adam yelling at a woman <laughs> that he wishes they would die because they are nope. no longer in love with them. Nope, just in the wet. Nope, just in the wedding singer and marriage story. Well, you've got a pattern. Oh. <laughs> I'm like a serial killer. So if Adam Brody makes a movie where he yells at a woman. Adam Brody, Brody also <laughs> contestant for Best Supporting Actor for... Shazam. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, he is in Shazam. Yes. Yeah, I was doing the um, Ready or Not. Oh, yeah. He's actually good in that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's like the only character other than Samara Weaving. Yeah. Um niece of Hugo Weaving. Yes. Uh, he's the only character who you like, you really like, like, and empathize with. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, who was I talking? Oh, Adam Sandler. Guys, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler plays this character who knew, who knew that this could happen, that the Sandman could come back, that we left Netflix, but we kind of didn't. But well, we went back for four more. Oh, man, really? Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, he's got to be able to pay for his house. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just... His performance as the sleazebag, who, like, you're also kind of like, Howard... Blah, blah, and you don't want him to succeed, but then, like, you're kind of like, 
could we succeed? He's great in it. He helps the tension. He does his Adam Sandler thing. His Adam Sandler thing is not gone. He is there. He is screaming. I didn't tile no pool. Like, <sighs> it's all there. But then there's also just, like, these stakes and these emotions and his comedy's hair. But you also, like, like, you see he feels bad about stuff. His scene with him and Judd Hirsch, you're just like, blah, blah. Not a good person. That's, <laughs> I'm not, that's a bad <laughs> idea. What are you doing? <laughs> I also really like her. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. No, you're not. As Sandler's in mine too. Sandler's not my winner. And whenever um, he's with his kids, you're just like, you're a bad dad. But then, like, the moments where he tries and his kids are, like, terrible to him, you're like, correct children. But then you're like, Come on, Sandler. Come on, Sandman. You can try harder. I like the movie where his daughter is like, yeah, hang on, let me hang up. Uh-huh. <laughs> she has not hung up at all. It's good times. I like that movie. Solid. Um, Sandler is in mind as well. Uh, all the things you said and wonderful. Um, so... For me, it came down to two for a winner. So I'm going to talk quickly about Edgerton and Craig because I think they're both really great and they're doing something really wonderful in their films and they each help make their films be what it is. I think Edgerton finds a lot more humanity in Elton John than a lot of other performers would. Um, I think Craig... Um, it's because they're best friends. Yes, absolutely. That's yeah, why yeah. Tilda Swinton should be playing David Bowie. They yes. were friends. Why is everyone so against me on this? I don't think anyone's against Charlie you. is. <laughs> he seems like he's just in a spot waiting. No one else can do it. No one else has the gravitas. She's like, I've already played a musician, though. She's already played him! Ah, fair enough. She should do it again! I'm sure, I am sure for her friend, she would come back and she would win the Oscar. She's good in Souvenir. Watched that last night. She's great at every... When is she bad? When is she bad? She's in Uncut Gems. She's Anna. Okay, um... She is in Uncut Gems. <laughs> she is. Uh... Worst Tilda performance. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> is it Lion the Witch? I, I well, she's still good. pretty good. She's still solid. Yeah. Yeah, okay. There's gotta be one. <laughs> Michael Clayton. She wins an Oscar for that. She's actually pretty good. Not be she's good, not because she wins an Oscar. She is good. Trainwreck? Oh, she's pretty good in Trainwreck. I feel like there's something. There's got to be something. War Machine. Uh, yeah. I think again, that's that's like a not great movie, but she's good. Bigger that's Slash. Again, I don't like that movie, but she's good. Nope, she's always good. She's just good everywhere. Yeah. Always good. Daniel Craig, solid. Love the performance. I love the character. Um, I'm on board. Good job. Doing great work. So it comes down to me, too. Adam Driver and Leonardo DiCaprio. Huh, interesting. Yeah. I feel like you're going to go with Adam Driver. This is where I thought I was going the whole time, too. Oh, oh my gosh, you're going with Leo? Okay, let's talk about this. Okay. 
<laughs> I like that when he's not an actor, like when he's not acting, he has a stutter, and that's that's a choice because he doesn't have the confidence in himself. Yes. So that I mean, like that's a good good time. The eight whiskey sours, you got, uh, eight whiskey sours. I like solid. that he yells at himself in the mirror and says he's gonna he's gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill you. I really thought I would go with Adam Driver for a long time. And I wish that these two performances came out in different years because I really love them equally in a lot of ways. Adam Driver plays a human and he is emotional and amazing and I think that he carries a lot of... He carries his half of the movie really well and Scarlett carries her half of the movie really well. And... The, the film, to me, and what makes Adam Driver really special about what he's doing, because I also think ScarJo is great in what she's doing as well. I wish I had room to put her on my list. But Driver, Driver just manages to eke in there ahead of her for me because I think the film is, is inherently slightly a little bit more about him and his story, and we get to see a more well-rounded version of that character. He has growth and change, and, and in a lot of ways, he's the reason why their divorce is happening. And therefore, we spend time with him figuring out why and how he can be a better person and a better, better father in a lot of ways. Um, and the layers that he puts there. DiCaprio takes it. And I was kind of surprised as well. But I kept coming back to that performance. I kept being like, this is the, like, in my brain, this is, I, I just... We should have held off of the Revenant. We should have. We should not have given it to him for the Revenant because we're not going to give it to him for, again, something he really deserves it for. What I think... Would you have given it to him for Wolf? Wolf of Wall Street? I would not have. Ooh. Um, what are you giving it to him for? Okay. Um, if not now. Does he have one at this point in your mind? Probably okay. So yes, Titanic, the answer is Titanic. Course. Yeah, um, that I would have given it to him there for. Um, his first nomination is Gilbert Grape, mm -hmm. and like problem maybe problematic elements of that aside, I he's great in that role as well. Um, it's like the last time that we were like people were really on board with a performance like that. Yes, yeah. Um, because even now today we're still like we look back at things like Rain Man and that like we talk about that we don't talk about Gilbert Grape as much. Yeah, but maybe it's because he didn't win the Oscar. I don't know. Something like I mean, if I'm gonna give him a Scorsese one, I really love The Aviator and The Departed. I think both of those are really great. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, I think, is a really good DiCaprio performance. Hear me out. Yeah. Shutter Island. For his <laughs> performance? <laughs> I don't like Shutter Island. I just like... You're going to have to do more than just say the name. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let me try again. Revolutionary Road. Again, a movie I don't like, but he's fine in it. Um, what is he bad? <laughs> um, let's let's look. The I beach. I don't think. Yes, that's true. I don't think he's great in Gatsby. Um, I don't think he's great in Romeo plus Juliet. Um, I think he's being a teen actor boy, and that's fine. What if I? I what if I like take it down to when he's an adult? 
Okay. I think that, uh, you know, Gatsby's a good Jedger. call. Jedger. J. Edgar? Yeah. Okay. Jedger is not... It's J. Um, Edgar. It's, you can't put it together. It's not like stupid Fast and Furious. It's stupid. <laughs> okay? Okay, so sorry. Um, I actually will... I personally don't enjoy watching The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh-huh. Um, though it's stylistically made and great. Like, I just... He's doing the thing that he does. That feels like DiCaprio being DiCaprio in a lot of ways, and I just, I'm not on board with it. I think the performances, because even like something like Titanic, and then why I come back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's pretty vulnerable in the role. Like, the character is not confident. The character is a hot mess of a human, and is just being told because by whether it be Al Pacino or Brad Pitt or anybody else who's like, yeah, you still have a career. You can still do these things. And he's just emotionally barely hanging on and barely struggling to whatever tiny little shred of fame and humanity that he has left in him. Um, and I, I think it's a really interesting look for DiCaprio. I think in... In some ways, you know, we were just talking about Wolf of Wall Street. In some ways, this is almost a mirror performance because in, there's a lot of bravado in, I think, both performances. But one of them seems to be coming out of a really arrogant place and one of them seems to be coming out of a really, really fearful place. Um, and so, yeah, I just... Th this performance in particular, whether it be where he's yelling at hippies or his breakdown in the trailer about the whiskey sours or biting the fist when he's told he's a great actor... I, just there's so much of this performance that sticks in my brain as something truly unique and special from this year and so I, as much as I do want to give it to Driver and I think Driver's time will come I just I have to give it to Leo his time was last year I think I gave it to him last year yeah I feel like I gave it to everyone last year <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we go back to 2017 and I was like, Shia LaBeouf versus McEnroe. I, I think I remember Driver being, for me, somewhere in, like, second place in supporting, or second or third, because, like, of a third behind Michael B. and Hugh Grant. Great performances last year. Michael um, B. Jordan. Yeah. I'm... Sorry. No. I'm trying to figure out what he was in. What was Michael B. Jordan in last year for supporting? Black Panther. Oh, okay. Okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> you were not being helpful. I'm sorry. You <laughs> gave me the Jordan. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I had that much. Um, but yeah, so... Your time, you, 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 this was the, uh, a year of Driver. He had a real good year, but I just can't quite give it to him yet. It'll be there, it'll get there. We'll probably look back on this and be like, why did I give it to Driver? But, you know, here it is. Sandman. Sandman. There it is. It's a real shame no one in the Academy saw that movie. <laughs> Alright, best picture time. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and the winner is... We have the same winner, I'm pretty sure. Dark Waters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dark Waters. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Dark Waters is a good movie. I like that movie. Josh, it just like has really stuck with me, okay? Okay. It's kind of like Spotlight. Where in a few years I'm going to be like, why was Spotlight so high? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to watch Spotlight and you're going to be like, oh, I get it. I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. Is it just Mark? I don't 
love Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, I do too. Mark Ruffalo is like my favorite actor who's not my favorite actor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> like my favorite actor who I guess I just don't like. I don't treasure him. Like I'm just. And when he's gone, I'm just gonna be feel really empty. But right now, I just. <laughs> You know, I'm arrogant about it. You're gonna play a time with Mark. It's fine. Gosh, life can change on a dime. I know. Um, my top five. Okay, let's say number fives together. We did. We've done ten before. I'm not gonna talk about. It. I just all talk about. All right, about five. we'll do ten. Okay. 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 We're. Okay, let's start with ten. We're gonna say okay. them at the same time. One, two, three, and Once game. upon a time in Hollywood. I don't know the rest of my list. <laughs> okay. Number nine. One, two, three. Booksmart. Russell. Number eight. One, two, three. Arctic. Rocket Man. Number, number seven. Oh, wait, wait, hang on. We, we got to pop. Ford my, v. Ferrari. My number, number seven six. is Ad Astra. Number six. John Wick. Blinded by the light. Number five, Rocket Man. Knives Out. Number four, The Lighthouse. Marriage Story. Number three, The Farewell. Little Women. Okay, I guess I'm not all that surprised. It's just like Rocket Man was too low for you. Rocket Man, there are so many movies that I love this year. I can't handle you. Number two. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Uncut Gems. And number one. Parasite. Oh. oh, well, you were so close. <laughs> you were so close to getting it, and we were so close. Yeah, I also have Parasite as number one. Yeah. Do you want to talk about five through four? Rocket Man's yeah. great. It's a musical. Uh, I agree. Rocket Man is wonderful. It is a really, really stunning musical. Wait, did you have yeah. The Lighthouse in your top ten? The Lighthouse is like twelve, I think. There are so because farewell is eleven and lighthouse is twelve. You don't have to justify. I'm not. There are just like this is the thing is like when I look the at my lighthouse list. Lighthouse is a great film about <laughs> yeah how isolation can drive you a little bonkers and yeah. especially when you have to work with Willem Dafoe and that we can try to kill uh Ropat and he'll still be on board with things. Yeah. He's at that point in his career. Like, so Tom Cruise has been at this point in his career where he's like, yeah, just throw me off a building. I'll be great. That's fun. <laughs> like, Rope Hat is already there in his career. He's oh, like, no. you might as well just throw me off a building. I did Twilight. It's fine. It's great. Uh, How much Patel is going to be in Tenet with Rope Hat oh, and John Davis Washington? That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like he has a huge role, but I, he's going to have, like, a Nolan role, which means, like, like, he's gonna have enough to do. Nolan's pretty good about that. Even, like, with, like, his side characters, his big characters, they get enough to do. Does he got, like, a Tom Hardy and inception size role? Well, maybe... I don't know. Josh, I haven't seen the movie. Did you lie? <laughs> what? We talked about it for an episode. That I saw Tenet? Oh, okay. All right. This was a speculation question. Oh, I don't so know. Sorry. I haven't okay. seen the movie. Okay, so sorry. No, no, no. All right. Josh... You haven't seen the movie. I'm I not... wasn't asking you to go from a place of knowledge. It was a speculation uh, question. I'm not a time traveling crime fighter. <laughs> Why not? Why not, Kylie? <laughs> Why, Why are you not this? Time travel probably doesn't exist. Um, what, what's next on your list? Lighthouse? Yeah. Okay. Farewell. Farewell. Uncut gems. Oh, well, you were talking about each of them, not just naming them. 
The Farewell. Well, I mean, like, The Farewell is, like, a film about, like, coping with loss before loss is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, there, it, when we deal with people, like, dying movies, it's usually from the perspective of the person dying. We don't get as much about watching the family around them, like, yeah. having to deal with it. And if we are taking it from a perspective of someone else, then it's something like My Sister's Keeper, where there's a greater thing happening. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why The Farewell is great. It is. Uh, Also, Lulu Wong is dating Barry Jenkins, so... Best couple ever. Yeah. Uh, Uncut Gems. I mean, they just took my life and they made it into a movie. I've never seen you bet on basketball, ever. also a bad father. You don't have children. Josh, you know, I do love gambling. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I also like to play poker. I like gambling. I don't love gambling on games that I don't... That are, like, house-centric. Yeah. 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 That you don't play an active part in. Yeah. Yeah. Highgal and, like... Blackjack are kind of only two that I'd be like, I'd sit down and play those. Yeah. 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 You want to go, we could go to the tracks and bet there. Oh, that seems stressful. But it also sounds like a good time. Yeah, I also make problems for myself and then have to deal with them and suffer the consequences. Howard and I are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see her spell? <laughs> No, I don't see uh, It is... I think Elizabeth Moth's uh, character is very similar to Howard. Um, so she's like me? Well, I mean, if you're saying you're Howard... <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, my number five is Knives Out. Uh, good. It's, this is, to me, is just the epitome of, like, popcorn cinema. Uh, just really go into the movies to have a good time to just be involved with characters and a story and some great studio filmmaking uh, and good performers and a good director doing good things paying homage to the cl- to a classic genre that's out great time uh, Marriage Story uh, Noah Baumbach I think finally really hits like fully hits one out of the park I think Marriage Story might be it's in his top two if not his best film um, I with stories not Marowitz <laughs> so sorry uh, but Bear Story is a really just it's clearly a really personal tale and it's a really wonderfully told story and it just is a emotional fan- movie and it's really fantastic um, Little Women I think I was predisposed to loving this movie as we talked about it was my most anticipated movie of the entire year I think Greta Gerwig is a fantastic filmmaker the performers are on point and the story really hits home for me uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco I was kind of surprised when something finally overtook this movie this year. It not only took a movie, I think, as good as Parasite to overcome it, but something that had as equal amounts of things to say. I think in lots of ways, Last Black Man in San Francisco and Parasite are speaking to similar thematic issues. Probably the core thematic issue of 2019 in film is class differences and societal differences and economic structures and capitalism. And both of these films speak to this in a really different way. Last Black Man in San Francisco is not only a gorgeous film to look at with a beautiful score and amazing performances it's just it's a treat to live in that world um and it, a treat in a, in a really kind of sad way also but it, i don't know it's just 
it's a beautiful, beautiful film. And yeah, absolutely. I, I encourage more people to go see it. Kylie, how do we want to talk about Parasite? We don't. We don't? It's great. Just go see it. It's great. Go see it. Yeah. They reopened it here. For one well, show. One show time. <laughs> yep. Though, is it the actual version of it? Or is it the... the I saw somewhere that they were re-releasing it in black and white. Which I'm not sure if they need to do that, though I'd watch it. But I just, I, okay. Why? I don't know. Because the color palette of that movie is something that's really special and nice about it. Like, I, I guess in some ways I understand the need to do it for Logan because it is a noir and it, it's like in other times it would have been released in black and white because that's the style that they're going for. And even for somewhat for like Fury Road, I think that was just a really stylized choice that they wanted to make and play with. But Parasite, I just, I guess I don't understand why. I like the color palette. I like the visuals of the film. I just, I mean, cool. If Bong wants it, go, go for it, director Bong. You got this. I have a feeling. He seems very like over everything that's happened. <laughs> He's like, I'm glad the Oscars are short this year. He's kind of like... He's pretty... I don't know. He just... <laughs> he's like, yes, I made a good film. It doesn't matter. You guys aren't gonna, like, honor it. It's fine. You guys need me more than I need you. I mean, y yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's also said that the Oscars are a uh, small local ceremony. They are. Yeah. We don't cherish international film unless it's on Netflix. Huh? <laughs> I mean, a if you asked Gallagher. If you asked the Academy and the Academy voters, which I think in some ways does matter, they would tell you that their best international feature film is an equivalent award to best picture. Just because the public doesn't treat it that way. Um, I'm not sure how much of that... They, they, they are to blame. They are to blame. I'm not saying they're not. Um, I'll but, say that some of the Oscar, the Academy voters might think that that's a true statement. Well, the I... voters are different than the actual Academy itself. Who's as the Academy? Well. So the actual like employees of the Motion Picture Arts and Sciences oh, okay. and the actual people who put on the awards. Yeah, not the M&Ms of, yes. <laughs> of the Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that that's there. But I agree with you. The public perception of it, which they also help control, has the International Feature Award being a below the line or a, a quote-unquote lesser award. It's the same thing with like the Animation Award. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Parasite's great. It's a good time. Um, Don't it, know anything about it. Don't see the trailer. The trailer's wrong. The trailer does not tell you what that film is about. Correct, which is very intentional because Bong said that like they could literally only use footage up to a certain point and they could only they, there's one reveal in the trailer that he's like this is not what my film is actually about so like you can put it in there um but yeah i mean just 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 watch it friends like it's a good movie it's a it's i actually think it's really fun um it's funny also um, but it also has a lot to say in commentary. It, I wouldn't necessarily call it a... It's a thriller at best. It's... It's it's a cool film. Yeah, it's really good. 
It's really, really good. Um, yeah, there we go. I turned to you every five minutes and said, this is the best film ever made. And I said, yes. <laughs> I feel like at first you're a little bit like, what is going on? I was, but like... And I, from from shot one, I was like, oh, bong, you got me. <laughs> I was, But I wasn't like, what was going on in a bad way. Like, ugh, what's going on? I was like, oh my god, like, what's going on? Like, I wanted it to tell me its story. And then I'm like, then I can recontextualize it. And then and it the story great. happened and you were like... Yes. Yeah. Um... I was worried you weren't going to be on board with it. Yeah? Yeah. But I was. I was, I was afraid you weren't going to like the people. No, but they're... They aren't the most kosher. But they're not bad people. They're not. They're, their choices are out of circumstance, out of their control. And I think that, for me, is really helpful in terms of when you when characters are in control of their bad choices mm-hmm. and when characters are not in control of their bad choices. Well, yeah. All right, friends. Uh, before we wrap up the duckies, we have game to play. No, we don't. It's just right over there. Name 2019 films. Okay. We've got to hit the button. Parasite. We've got to hit the button, otherwise we'll never end. All right, it's over. I won. No, no you've <laughs> got to hit the button. I mean, we can name 2019 films. That's fine. Oh. <sighs> okay, you win. I mean, not usually. You are better at this game than I am. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Name different movies with Patrick Swayze. Roadhouse. Point Break. Dirty Dancing. Two Wong Fu thinks there's a Newmar. Two? Young Blood. <laughs> can't name something in the same sequels. Sequel. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, I'm out. I'm done with Patrick Swayze movies that I know. Josh, come on, we can do this. I, I know. I'm. You forgot to say Donnie Darko. Oh, Donnie Darko. Uh, is there a Western? Young Guns or something? Maybe. Young Blood. He plays a hockey player. Great. I, yeah, like, I was, I was... Against Rob Lowe? Oh, of course, yeah. Rob Lowe being a hockey player, that one didn't make sense. Well. Oh, we're almost done. <laughs> when, you, when you guys were gone, I should have just taken them all out and put them over there. Ugh. <laughs> uh. You have integrity, Kylie. You have integrity. Not that much. No, the, what are you looking at? What? It's right there. I was looking at a movie. Gosh, why are you yelling? I'm not yelling. I'm just confused. All right, everyone, you can find us at places. Josh is going to tell you all of them. You can find us at all. Thank you so much for listening. You can get in touch with us in many ways. You can join this conversation. And why wouldn't you want to? You should do so. Please do. Uh, At friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, where there's a five-star review. Please do that. That really, 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 really helps us get more listeners. We would love for you to do that, as well as hit that subscribe button. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. I'm Kylie. Quack, 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 quack.